And he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And to his government there shall be no end. You shall name him Emmanuel, for it is God with us. The way maker is with us. The move of God is with us. The power, the dunamis of God is with us. And Lord, we thank you, God, that we'll never be forsaken. We'll never be left or abandoned, God, because you, you are here. You came and you met us right where we were in desperation and in need. And God, you met every need. You, cry, you, you took care of every tear. God, Lord, you're, you're watching over every heart and mending. Lord, I thank you, God. This wonderful season doesn't just represent a cute baby being born, but it represents all eternity changing. It represents the whole earth transforming. And I thank you, God, that you did it just for me. Oh, make it personal here and online. It's never powerful till it's personal. If it's always a corporate blessing, it'll never be a personal power in your life. But God wants a personal transformation to take place. Quit talking about somebody else's faith and start expressing yours. And make it powerful in your life. Stay standing. I want to read the scripture to you. Genesis chapter 35, verse 1 through 3, it says... Then God said to Jacob, Arise. Everybody say, Rise. Rise. Go up to Bethel, the house of God, and dwell there, and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said to his household and all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Put away, put away. Purify yourselves and change your garments. I, I wish I had time to unpack that right there. There's a three-step process whenever you're beginning to rise up and move forward in faith. There's a process where you have to put away, purify, and change some things in your life. And God will prepare you for a whole nother dimension. Then it says, then let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make an altar there. I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has gone with me in the way that I have gone. I, I want to talk to you today about the bridge between distress and deliverance because the bridge between your distress and your deliverance is the bridge called an altar of remembrance. And we're going to go back to some things that we need to remember of how good God has been. Lord, Holy Spirit, speak today. Let your word be made flesh. Minister, transform, and change lives. God, I feel something stirring in my stomach. And I thank you. There's an anticipation God, Lord, there's something bubbling in me, and I thank you, God, Lord, that you are going to unlock it, unleash it, unpack it, and reveal it today. And I pray that you'd anoint me to preach your word, Lord, and I'm humbly doing so, God, as a servant submitted to you. And I thank you, God, you're going to help me accomplish the assignment for which you have me, and your children who are called by your name will be fed by your word alone. And I thank you, God, that your spirit will speak today, Jesus' mighty name. We receive it, we believe it, and we declare it. Everybody shouted, amen. amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Oh, I can feel it. 
I like it when I can feel what God is trying to do, uh, because uh, it, it, I think that we're, the story we're going to get into today, I'm going to talk to you about Jacob, and Jacob had this feeling, he had the same kind of feeling, and, and, and I, I want to talk to you more, not less about his feeling, but really about the altar that he went back to build. So first, let me paint the picture, because we're talking about our Bridge Builder series, and we're talking about building bridges. If you've got a problem, you build a bridge. <laughs> Get over it, right? You got a, you got an issue. Build a bridge. Get over it. You, you're not going to get very far just talking about your problem, but you can if you build a bridge and get over your problem. And so you got to build a bridge and get over it. You got, you got a dream you want to reach. Build a bridge. Get to it. But there, there's some bricks you need to lay. And we've been talking about this bridge builder series as we get ready to conclude an incredible year, a phenomenal year. Yes, it's been difficult. Yes, it's been painful. Yes, there's been lots of tragedy, a lot of confusion, a lot of distress. But in every piece of distress, there is a divine intervention of deliverance. And so God will always use distress to turn into our deliverance. Amen? Amen. God will always use our distress to turn it into our deliverance. God will always use our distress. God is not going to let you go through all hell and not use it for your good. God is not a meaningless God that walks you through life and the ups and downs of life and says, well, let's just see if it'll make sense later. No, no. God will use your distress for your deliverance. Somebody shouted amen. amen. You're going to get with me by the end of this because you're going to see the full picture and we talked about the first message. I hope you go back and rewind and listen to it. It was great. It was talking about Zacchaeus and his tree and that how sometimes our bridge may not look like a bridge. It may look like a tree, a tree of humility that we need to climb. And we need to climb that. We need to climb that, that tree of decision. And we need to make that climb together. And then we talked about the woman with the vessels. And sometimes your bridge may not look like a bridge. It may look like a vessel. And, and you need to come empty before the Lord because a filled vessel cannot be filled by God. So if you're full of the world, you can't be filled by Him. You need to shut the door and be filled by God. And so we talked about how many were here last. That was an awesome message. So if you didn't hear that message, I re-listened to my own message. Because I was like, you know what? When I get when I get full of landing, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I probably need to tone it down and empty myself out a little bit because I can tell y'all know when you're getting a little full of yourself, right? You're like, okay, I, I'm a little full of me, and I need to be full of him. And so we talked about that last week, and we talked about being generous and how her the generosity of the prophet and the woman was to pay off all the debt pay back everybody their vessels and she was able so generously to live off all the rest with her two sons for the rest of their life and we are called to be generous believers now the story i'm taking you today is that there's an altar in this and sometimes your bridge may not look like a bridge it's going to look like an altar oh who has an altar you need an altar in your life he's he's calling him back to a place because because he had an experience with god but he didn't have an altar with god it's very capable in every believer's life to have an experience with God, but not have a consecrated life for God. It's, it's, it's easy to have a, an experience with Jesus, but not follow Jesus. It happened all throughout Scripture. A lot of people got an experience with Jesus, but not everybody followed Jesus. And he said, if you follow me, you're one of me. And if you follow me, these signs and wonders will follow you. So many people like to call themselves Christians. But my question to you, if you're a Christian, is where are you going? 
Because if you do, you have a consecrated place in your life that is an altar of sacrifice. An altar is a place of sanctity. An altar is a place of worship. An altar is a place where we say, okay, God, this is a consecrated, dedicated area of my life. And what was happening here, in fact, let me just, I'm going too far ahead. Let me talk about Jacob. Jacob uh, was born and he was a crook. He was not a good guy. And I was thinking about, because the Lord told me he wanted me to preach about altars. And I thought about Abraham. Abraham had four significant altars in his life. And I was like, and it's probably the most powerful altars. David had some altars in his life. One of the altars was the altar that he declared the Lord of the breakthrough. So he named God the God of the breakthrough, where he burst onto the scene and gave him the victory. Uh, uh, Abraham had the God of provision, where he said, God, you provided when I laid Isaac on the altar. Isaac knew what an altar was too. We could talk about Isaac and how Abraham knew altars and Isaac knew altars. And Isaac was great. Isaac was the one... Abraham was a powerful man of faith who stepped out and began to build the nation, right, out of faith, build altars, heard a voice in his head like, I think this is God. Anybody ever felt like that before? You're like, either I'm going incredibly insane or this is Jesus. I was like, we're going to just take a step and you just walk. That was Abraham. Abraham heard God and he moved and he was an incredible man. We could talk about Abraham all day long. We could talk about Isaac. Isaac knew what it was to march up. Imagine this, a little boy, not even a teenager yet, and you're walking up the mountain with your father, and you don't have a sacrifice, but you know what a sacrifice should look like. And then all of a sudden, your father starts tying you up. And, and, and you don't fight back, but you say, okay, I trust you. <laughs> Let me preach to some sinners in here for a second. You're all like, yeah, I would, yep, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would do the same thing. No, you wouldn't. I'd be like, whoa, dad. Like, I would be fighting out. (laughs) You ain't about to do this to me. I know what we did to that lamb last time. (laughs) This is not me. You've gone crazy. I don't know if it's your age and you're having a little bit of whatever it is. We need to fix you. We need to get you some right stuff. I would be freaking out. But Isaac Isaac walked up the mountain and said, okay. See, because he had a quiet obedience. And, and he knew what an altar was. Isaac built altars too. But, but, but I want to talk about Jacob. The Lord led me to Jacob because Jacob's a crooked man. I want to talk to anybody who's not perfect. It's easy to talk about people who seem like they did all the right things in all the right ways. But I want to talk to somebody who you were not good and you used to be bad and you used to be destructive. You used to be deceitful. You used to be a liar. You used to be crooked. Come on, who am I preaching to? And, uh, because it's easy to talk about building an altar when you're a self-righteous individual. But it's hard to talk about building an altar in your life when you know you're not perfect in your life. I, I'm not even deserving of laying the stone to worship the God that's in front of me. And, and, I, and, and so uh, Jacob, at the beginning, he, he grabs his brother's heel, right? And he tries to usurp his brother. But then the Bible says that the younger, right, will be the ruler and the older will serve the younger. And then he comes out. And then not only that, but then he, he tricks his brother and says, hey, I want to sell you some soup. Hungry? Because Jacob was a mama's boy. And I wish I could have time to unpack all of this. But he spent more time uh, uh, really honoring the position of his mother. So that's what he got. He didn't really spend a lot of time honoring his father. So he didn't get the trade of his father. He got the trade of his mother. And you will become what you honor. So he, he, he learned how to cook from mama. 
So he learned how to cook, and he, he, began, he, he went out and cooked. You know what he made, too? The Bible actually says this. If you look in the old King James, it said he made him a red suit. And his brother was what? Red. What did that mean? It means this. It means when you serve somebody who they are, what they really like, a little bit more of themselves, they'll always say yes. And so he served him a little bit of him and said, hey, I know you like yourself a lot. Here you go. He said, I'll trade my birthright for that bowl of soup. And he traded it. And so now he tricked him into trading it. And then not only that, but then it goes a little bit further and he wasn't about to get his birthright. And how many know the story? And he, go, he gets about to get his birth, but his brother's going to take it, and his father's going to bless him and not him. So then his mother trains him how to trick his father. You hear a little bit of pattern going on here? And then he tricks his father, he tricks his father into giving the birthright, and then he is upset because he knows his brother's going to kill him. So he gets his stuff, and he books it, and he goes to his crazy uncle Laban, and his crazy uncle Laban, he deceives him too. And he says, oh, serve me for seven years, and I'll give you your bride. And then he gives him the wrong bride, and then he serves him another. Now, how how many know a family that's just full of the same stuff? <laughs> it's the crazy uncle. It's mama. It's the boy. It's, it's, all, it's, it's a family curse. But see, while the family curse is operating on one side of him, the family blessing is on the other side. He's got, he's got, he's got his mother and his crazy uncle over here, but he's also got Abraham and Isaac over here. So there's a, there's a, there's a distinction of the destructive nature of Jacob and the divine nature of Jacob. Oh, I'm going to get there today. You, you, can li- you can remain in the destructive you or you can walk in the divine you. And I'm going to show you the bridge on how to get there in a minute. But he has this battle his whole life. <laughs> and it's deceit, it's crookedness, it's craziness. It, it's, 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 it's destructive. And then he finally starts... Uh, uh, accumulating some things. He's got his brides now, and he's got his mass amount of wealth and cattle and sheep, and he's got his sons, and he's got some things going on for him, and he's got, I think he's got 11 at the time, because the uh, 12th will come later, yeah, and so he has all these, he has these sons, he has his family, big, and then the God says right there in chapter 35, he says, okay, get ready to go back. Now, right before this happens, when he says go back, there was another incident that happened with one of his daughters, and his sons took revenge on the people who took advantage of his daughter. I commend the sons, because Jacob, see, what happened is these two sons, sons who saw their sister get taken advantage of, and I'm not going to go into detail, but they get, she gets taken advantage of the sons say, that's not right. We're going to handle business. And dad says, well, you, you see a pattern of running away. Well, you, oh, I guess I have to work another seven years instead of J- Jacob should have been like, dude, I served you seven years and we knew the deal. It was for Rachel and not for Lee. You better give me the bride that I, he, Jacob had this lack of fight in him. He quit at the first sign of resistance. He, he ran as soon as he heard his brother might be mad. He, he ran whenever things got bad. He quit whenever things got bad. He just kind of tolerated. And what you tolerate, you will cultivate in your life. And if you tolerate cowardness, you will cultivate cowardness in your life. But God is calling you to say, okay, I'm calling you to a greater dimension. And these boys knew what to do. So the boys took revenge. And they took care of that dude. I'm glad they handled business. But then what happened is, Jacob says, dude, this is, these are other tribes and nations all around us, and, and we're going to get killed here. We're, we're going to die here. And he says, let's get ready to 
pack up and run again. And so God says, no, you're not. You're going to go back and build an altar. And you're going to remember the place where I encountered you and showed favor in you and poured confidence in you and courage in you, re-identified you and rebranded. You're going to go back to the place where I touched you. And I want you to remember who you are, Jacob. And so God, I'm, I'm, God, God calls him and gets a, a word in him and says, you better get your butt back to where I first touched you. And so he calls him back and Jacob says, okay, let's walk through this land back over to build this altar. Now, where is he going back to? He's going back to the place where he was running from his brother, right? He ran from his brother and then he was supposed to come back. And as he was supposed to come back, he was like traveling and he heard his brother had 400 men coming to kill him. Okay, 400. And he said, okay, I got a plan. Right. The deceivers speaking again. He says, what we'll do is we'll send all the women and children and we'll send the cattle and I'll come last. And, and I'll just kind of by the time he gets to me, he'll just be, hey, you know what? Maybe he'll be softened or you know what? We'll divide into two groups. And when we divide into two groups, we'll go ahead and maybe he'll kill half the group and the other half of the group can run away. You see the pattern of Jacob? And so and all of a sudden, he's got this game plan. He's got it all worked out. But he's waiting there, and he's going to go last. And all of a sudden, while he's just standing there watching everybody go before him because he's got no strength in him, uh, the, a man comes out of nowhere and tackles him and starts fighting with him. You ever got blindsided before? And he starts wrestling. I mean, you know, when you get into a fight, you ever got, like, you knew a fight was coming, yeah. right? What, what do you feel? I know Omar feels super confident, but come on. How many, how many out there, you know, you, you're like me. You're like, there's butterflies. You're like, oh, it's going to be bad. Here we go, people. And you're like, let's do it. And you're, you don't know how to, you're not a fighter. You're just like, oh, but I'm going to fight. And you're like, you know, you've got these emotions and this stirring because, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. He didn't even get the chance. He's just watching in fear and getting ready to run and deceive his brother. And instead of that, God wrestles with him and says, no, no, I'm tired of you running. I'm tired of you being the coward. I'm tired of you living like I'm not, I, I got to wrestle. I got to fight with you. And, and, and I want to give you some glimpses into some of these bridges that, that begin to take place because he's sent all his people to go cross over the ford before he, and he, they're supposed to cross over the bridge before he does. But before he crosses that physical bridge, there's some spiritual bridges he's got to cross. Massive, big, 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 big. And so as he gets prepared and he's waiting, he gets tackled and he gets into a fight. The funniest part is they're fighting all night. All night. I've gotten into fights before, and it lasted like a couple seconds. They're fighting all night long, and neither one of them knows the other person's name. They're like, by the way, what's your name? <laughs> and they finally, this is funny to me, because I'm like, you got in a fight with a total stranger. Like, dude, who are, the first thing I would ask is, who are you? Do you even know me? Like, what you, you don't know me. What's your name? And, but they ask at the end of the fight, and I'll tell you why here in a minute. But they, 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 they wrestle. And as they're wrestling, all of a sudden, they're wrestling all through the night. And this first big piece that happens is all of a sudden he's wrestling in the angel of God, which is what it is. It's a theophany of God. And he's sitting there wrestling with this angel and he's wrestling with God. And as he's wrestling, he says, let me go. 
In other words, he's losing. So just, I imagine like this angel, because the Bible says that one angel killed like 180,000 men. It, and angels were incredibly super strong. So as the angel of the Lord is standing wrestling, I picture little Jacob just like a kid holding onto his ankle, just like acting like he's winning. And he's like, dude, let go of me. This is exhausting. And he said, he says this key word. He says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And I, I want to speak this into your heart because there's a huge key of going from the coward that you used to be to the contender that God called you to be. And it's the battle cry within you that will cross that bridge for you. And God is trying, oh, come on church. God is trying to get you from the coward that you used to be because that's what when he renamed him Israel it means contender with God at one of the names it also means prince and we'll talk about that too today but he mean he says I'm going to rename you but he had to have a bad God needed to see are you willing to fight for this are you willing to are you are you ready to stop running are you ready to stop being who you used to be the deceiver the crook are you tired of being the coward you used to be and you want to be a content when I picture a contender I picture somebody who's bad to the bone and he calls him a contender because there was a cry within him oh do you have a cry church do you have a cry within you? Do you have a phrase of praise within you? Do you have a song within you that when the enemy tells you you're never going to get there, you have a phrase that you can speak? When your flesh tells you to give up, you have a phrase you can declare. What do you have? What do you scream when you feel like giving up? Do you say, no, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting on my marriage. I'm not quitting on my family. So many of us are used to quitting at the first sign of resistance. And that's what God was testing Jacob. Or, or do you really want to be healthy or do you want to quit when it gets tough? Do you really want to be delivered or do you want to stay in your distress? Because I'm trying to get you into a healthier place. But I need to, you know, Mary did this too. Mary got the word from God and you know what she did? She became pregnant. How many know the gospel? She sang a song. Mary wrote a whole song. Mary wrote a song, a phrase of praise. And when the world said, oh, I bet it's out of wedlock. Oh, when, the, when everybody started to hate and point and judge, she said, no, this is Emmanuel, God with us. We shall name him Jesus. I saw the angel of the Lord standing before me. I am filled immaculately. I am told. And she began to speak it. And when, the, when everything told her, quit, 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 she said, no, I've got a phrase of praise. Oh, I'm going to share one little piece of just our personal life that we're going through right now. My wife has a declaration that she, she's streaming online today, and, and she has a declaration that she speaks because tomorrow I want you to join in with us in prayer. At 1130, uh, we're going to transfer the babies, and so that's good. our big transfer of IVF is going to happen tomorrow. And we're not there yet. We need to get to a two-week mark and a 12-week mark. But, but every time her flesh says, oh, it's too much, Emily, time to quit. Every time the enemy says, oh, it's not going to happen. God's not going to do it. My wife has a declaration, says, no, my body was created fearfully and wonderfully made. No, my, I will do as God created and called me to do. I will bridge the gap between who I used to be and who I'm called to be. By having a cry within me. Oh, in the manger. That baby got smacked <laughs> when it came. And there was a cry that came. From, could you imagine hearing the cry of Jesus? At his first breath. Because there was a sound of life 
in your cry of desperation, there is a cry that says, I'm tired of being the coward I used to be. I want to be the contender that he's called me to be. I need to fight and stand in the gap and bridge the gap between who I used to be and who I called to be. And he says, okay, oh, you're a fighter, young man. He says, all right, what's your name? You know, the last time Jacob got asked, what's your name? His father asked him. You know what he said? He lied. He said, my name is Esau. God wanted him to admit who he is. Who are you? There was a Before the touch, he said, who are you? And in Jacob's truthfulness, I'm crooked. He had to say that. I'm bent. I'm destructive. I'm a deceiver. I'm a liar. I'm no good. Oh, in that pure place of honesty, that's when we see all of the sudden we see the change start to, all, with the, between him and the angel of the Lord, all of a sudden everything starts to change in the dialogue because he was honest with who he was because he was used to being the pauper. I'll just put it like that. But poor me, the victim mentality, all the, all the bad stuff. I'm just, it's all never going to turn out good for me. And God was wanting him to be named Israel, which also means prince. And he's saying, I need you to be honest about the pathetic place that you really feel like you're at so I can take you into royal royalty of who you're really called to be. But I need you to bridge the gap. I need you to bridge this gap. That bridge is called purity. I'll write it down, church. If you haven't wrote those two last, three last bridges I've given you, the bridge between being the pauper you used to be and the prince that you're called to be is the purity within you. And if you choose to live the pure life, I hear you, Holy Spirit, that choose to live the life of purity, of integrity, of character, of health, and just be honest with who you are, God says, okay, in your deficiency, I can bring you destiny. In your death, I can take you out of the miry clay and and set your feet upon the rock. But I can only do it when you're honest with who you really are. Because you've got royalty in your blood too. You got your crazy mama and your uncle Laban in you, but you also got you got royalty in your blood, and that royalty will go through you 42 generations all the way to the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem in a manger because he says there's royalty in your blood if you'll believe that you're not meant to be here, but you'll live in a place of purity that takes you over here. Give God some praise if you know what I'm preaching. We got to bridge the gap. Somebody say bridge the gap. I, I need to bridge the gap. I need to take myself from this pathetic. You ever felt like that before? I felt like that. I, I'm going to be, I, I felt like that. Who am I? I? I thought of suicide. Almost took my life multiple times. I got scars. I'm not great. I'm not talented. I'm not smart enough. I don't have all the degrees like these guys. I don't have the looks like these guys. I don't have all the stuff like these other people. I've been there, God, you're, my marriage isn't perfect, and, and now I can't have kids, and okay, God, look at me. I'm, I'm praying and dedicating kids, and I'm, I'm believing for other people, and I'm speaking life. Oh, I'm seeing miracles in every other area of my life, and Lord, you can't even take it. And I would, I would, the destructive me would say, it's over, it's done with, I'm not good enough. 
But in my place of God saying, God, I cannot do it without you. God says, Landon, let me help you take you into a place where only I can place you, where only I can put you. And God says, okay, come on over. I almost named part of this message, come to the other side. We need to cross over to the other side. We need to, we need to step over. He's about to cross over physically, but he's doing it spiritually, emotionally, and mentally first. And he's making some decisions. And it's huge. And I love how then the Lord speaks to him. And I want somebody to make this a part of your prayer for the rest of your life. This is the blessing of Jacob. Write this down. He blessed Jacob. And the Bible says in the old King James translated from Hebrew, it says that he blessed him. And he said, from now on, you will have power with God and favor with man. And I, oh man, I want to pray that prayer the rest of my life. God, give me power with you and favor with man, power with you and favor with man. Because he said, look, I'm going to give you, I'm going to bless you. But even before that, I'm sorry, I skipped the part. He touched him. He touched his hip. He had to get a touch first. And he changed him. Something changed in him. Something changed physically. Something changed physically in him. All of a sudden, he didn't have that confident, like, okay, I got a game plan. Right? Before he got the power from God, before he got the blessing of favor, before he got there, he had to be touched by God. And what the Lord spoke to me in this is he said, Landon, I had to change a little bit about him. He was he was walking too much. See, Jacob thought he had an Esau problem. Esau was coming with 400 men. He thought he was going to die. And then he began to wrestle with this angel and said, don't let me go until you bless me. And he says, okay, I'm going to change your name. I'm going I'm to I'm bless you. I'm gonna pour. But before he touched him. And why did he touch him? Because Jacob saw that he had an Esau problem, but God saw that Jacob had a Jacob problem. And he said, I need you to have a little less Jacob and a little more me. And he says, the way you get to going from who you are divinely created and or destructively uh, uh, prohibited to, you need to go from this destructive you to the divine you by first decreasing you. And he said, let me just decrease you just a little bit, just enough to just go ahead and give you a little, little limp, little lean, little swag. And then that way you remind yourself, it cannot be you. It cannot be your plan. It cannot be your way. And God will get an encounter with you to touch your life before he blesses your life. You want to live in the divine blessed version of who you are. You need to first decrease in who you are. And he did this. Not only did he get the limp, but then a little bit later, it, it says this, it says that the Bible says that he went out to go meet his brother Esau. And as he went out to go meet his brother Esau and he crossed the bridge with his limp, the Bible says that he kneeled and bowed seven times. First, it was a plan of manipulation and deceit. It was a plan of cowardice and run. Now it's a plan of decrease. It's a plan of saying, I'm going to humble myself. Oh, I, pr I pray somebody can hear what I'm preaching right now. That when you're trying to get into the divine place that God has called you and walk in the blessing that God has called you, the favor and the power that God has called you, you've got to decrease that he may increase. And if you continue to hum, maybe it's bowing seven times. Because I believe every bow he took, it was about, think about that. You got a limp now. You're exhausted from wrestling. And you got a bow. How many have a hard time just bending over to tie your shoes? And you, you're going ahead and you're like, oh man. And he's bowing 
bowing seven times and he gets up and walks a little further and bows again and walks a little bit further and he bows again. And I believe every bow that he took, I believe Esau's heart grew softened. And every bow he took, he gained favor with Esau and he gained favor with God. And he continued to activate the blessing that God was speaking over his life of power with me and favor with man. If you'll humble yourself and let me increase in your life, I'll bless you. But you got to decrease. The bridge between the destructive you and the divine you is a bridge of decreasing. And we have to decrease. Maybe it's prayer every day. Maybe it's have somebody in our life that says, no, that's not a good choice. No, you're wrong. When was the last time somebody told you you were wrong? And you let them. Because there needs to be an opportunity for us to decrease and decrease. And the more you decrease, the more he increases. That's the, that's the beauty of it. The reason he has power with God is because he decreases. And he decreases. And he decreases. And then when he gets there, I love this. Remember, the game plan was let's deceive, let's be the coward, let's run. And then the new, the new Jacob, the, the changed Jacob, the change Jacob, this is my closing. The change Jacob comes with a new plan because he's not the pauper anymore, he's a prince. He's not the coward anymore, he's a contender. And he's walking in this humility of how God has blessed him with power and favor on earth. And when you have power and favor, you have confidence and courage. And when you walk out and you know that everything you have, God gave you and he'll give you even more if you need it, you walk with a different kind of swag. And you're like, hey, it's okay. Because when he got to Esau, the plan now shifted and became Esau. No, I am gonna bless you. He said, no, 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 no. Uh, Jacob, I got plenty. I got. He goes, it's not about you having plenty. God has been so good to me. I must bless you. I must speak blessing and generosity. And he gave him everything. He said, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to bless you. Why? Because there was a wound there. There was a hurt there. An offense with his brother. I'm, I'm teaching you how to heal. When you got wounds and you got hurts with other people in the world, our world is hurting right now. How do you heal a hurting world? From a position of princelyhood where you step out with confidence and boldness and you say, that's all right, world, we're going to bless you. World, we're going to help you. World, we're going to be generous to you. We're going to love you. We're going to give to you. We're going to continue to pour it. Come on, church. I'm giving you a key. Because this key is bigger than you think. The key, this, this bridge right here, the last bridge I have to share with you is the bridge between addition and multiplication. And it's called the bridge of generosity. When you're generous, you're going to go from addition to multiplication, and I'll show you. Abraham had one son, Isaac, one blessed son, and he blessed him. Isaac had two sons. And Isaac, even though he gave double portion to Jacob, he also blessed Esau. So Jacob blessed both, or Isaac blessed both of them. Here he, because of the transformation in the transition, 
that Jacob experienced of going to who he was called and created to be. And he stepped out in a whole nother level of generosity and said, I'm gonna bless my brother. I'm gonna bless him so much, it's like ridiculous. I'm gonna bless him so much, it blows his socks. I'm gonna give so much, it hurts. I'm gonna give him so much, he's gonna wonder if I'm crazy or not. And I'm gonna bless him. And when he was so extravagantly generous, God blessed Jacob so much, the Bible says he prospered, continued to prosper until he was very prosperous. And then he wasn't just blessing one or two. He blessed 12 sons and not only 12 sons, he blessed some grandsons on top of that. God is about to take you across the bridge of where it's just been one at a time and a little bit here and there and addition after just a little bit. And God is about to take you across this bridge of generosity. And he's saying, the more you are generous, the more I'm going to multiply in your life. Oh, if you believe it, give God some praise. Oh, come on. You can give him a bigger praise than that. Yeah, give him a big praise. Give him a big praise. In fact, let's all stand. Let's all stand because I need to close anyway, and we need to receive our bridge builder offering. We got another service. Totally forgot. We have the opportunity to bridge the gap. We keep talking about we want to see God do something great, but we keep living in this little one-at-a-time mentality. I take one, you take one. I can only give a little bit because that's, no, no, God says the more extravagant you are in your generosity, the more I will multiply in your life. Your father only had two. Your grandfather only had one. I'm going to give you 12. And then I'm going to give you a couple extra grandsons too. And you're going to have so much The Bible says that even the Egyptians looked over, Pharaoh looked over and said, who are those people that outnumber us and are so blessed? (laughs) You want to live a blessed life? You better cross that bridge today. You better say, okay, God, I'm making some decisions today. I'm crossing my bridge and I'm stepping away from the destructive person I used to be into the divine person who I was called to be. But I need to decrease that you may increase. I need to go ahead and have a little fight in me to say, God, I'm not giving up on what you spoke to me. I need you to bless me right now. And then God is about to speak favor and power over every single person who's saying, I'm crossing that bridge today. In fact, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. Your word has been spoken. It's powerful and true. And Lord, right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed here and online, if this word has spoken to you, I want your hand to shoot up. If you want to build those bridges that God has called you to build, I want you to shoot another hand up. And I want you to begin to pray right now and intercede for yourself. Because nobody beats me at praying for me. You need to pray for yourself. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now, let them wrestle, God, Lord, with the things, Lord, that are trying to hold them back. And let them fight through it, God, and receive the touch of God in their life, the transformation of God in their life, the blessing of God in their life. And Lord, let them cross that bridge to become extravagantly generous in their life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Now we're going to receive our bridge builder offering and Josh is going to play, you know, just at soft little keys and, and keep that music playing. But I want us to be in a, a mode of worship and prayer. They're going to dismiss one row at a time and I'm going to put mine down first. And I want you to just come down one row at a time and lay your offering and then we're going to pray over it, speak our bridge declaration and be dismissed. Church, let's go ahead.
love the beautiful, spontaneous breakout of prayer. That's We've never done that before. I've never seen that before. I, I, I've just watched our church normally just drop in and go. But I love how like beautiful that was. So Holy Spirit-led. Because it's not Pastor Landon praying over your prayer, praying over your gift. It's you. Because you have a heart for the world. And, and for those of you tuning in online, take that offering envelope that we mailed to you. Write out your offering. Go lay it in front of your TV and pray over it. And let the Lord bless it because your prayers are powerful. They change the world. And we're so thankful for a transformative church that says, okay, I believe that Jesus could do something incredible. Can we just give God some praise, Bridge Church? Amen. Come on. Yeah. Amen. 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 God's going to do it. We trust him. And you know, it was funny how even the message tied in with what had to happen today. We had to cancel our first service and only do two services. And we decreased that he may increase. Because it's faith from a pastor to cancel a service. I'll just tell you that right now. When you're trying to raise the biggest offering of the year. To say, we're going to what? (laughs) Okay, God, I trust you. Because it's not about me. It's not about how many services we do. You've got this. And we trust you. And we'll decrease that you may increase. Lord, we thank you for every gift and offering and heart that was given. We pray that you'd bless it, that you'd cover it, that you'd watch over it, God, and you'd use it to change the world. I thank you, God, Lord, that this is your house. These are your people called by your name, ready to advance the kingdom of God at the pace of great, extravagant generosity. And let us go from addition to multiplication. And I pray during this Christmas season, as we close out the year, let every giver be blessed in the name of Jesus with power and favor from God. And let him operate in the blessing of Jacob. And Lord, we thank you, God, that we're going to walk in that blessing. And I pray that you bless this gift and let it change the world. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, amen. amen. Well. Let's speak this bridge declaration and uh, a second service or uh, the next service is coming in and you're getting ready to go. So exit entrance, right? But also as you see people coming in, say, hey, it's a good one today. You better be ready. All right, let's speak this bridge declaration. Be dismissed. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully love deeply and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. Merry Christmas. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at weirbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at weirbridge.church to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected because we're so much better together. together.